Welcome to the Beauties Podcast, where we talk about everything you need to know about women's sports. From the grassroots to the pros, we got it all. Today on the show, we have Brianne Takaruski and the growth of the LPGA and some PHF and PWHPA announcements. Here are your hosts, Addie and Cowie. Another beautiful day at the beauty sports desks. Looks a little different in here, which I enjoy. But I also did want to point out just off the top of the show, you know, I played Bisons, huge Mm -hmm. Bison fan. Yep. And I showed up today in a Huskies sweater. So (laughs) just want to just want to get it out in the air. Bisons forever. Yeah. But we got to spread the love. And you know what? Huskies deserve some love, man. OTW yesterday to clench their berth in the finals against UBC for the Can West Championship. They're headed to PEI, so it's a good day to be a Huskies like, fan. Like I'm, you know me. I'm a Bison all, in my heart. It's but all good. Respect is respect is. is right here. This is they deserve it. Their merch is fire. I that, love uh, it. It looks like it's it's not that new that sweater no she's uh <laughs> wow uh, <laughs> i called myself out you get to call me out too i love it so it is a good day for your like you're saying off to pei yeah nothing like a good old trip to pei you know i am going to give a big congrats congrats to the huskies but what i am going to do is for a second call out you sports and the fact that how freaking hard it is to figure out who wins who loses they do a absolute atrocity yeah yeah of a disservice to their teams that's bang on i i completely agree i completely agree it's some of the best sport like sporting events like i remember we have in this country yeah i agree and And I, i remember going to um like bison women's volleyball which is like nationally ranked they're unbelievable we Mm -hmm. have the volleyball canada center at the u of m yep can't find it anywhere well and unbelievable yeah the fact that i mean you know a lot of these u sports athletic teams accounts are run by the players which is totally fine i absolutely love that someone's just doing something about it right But the fact that as a governing body, and I don't care if it's like, I was actually looking at this the other day, there's, they did split them up. So if like, if you look on Instagram, for example, U Sports has its like own account. Mm -hmm. I haven't posted in a few days. I've posted nothing really relevant, but then there was like a U Sports volleyball, U Sports hockey, U Sports hockey hadn't posted since 2017. Then take it down. Yeah. Yeah. No one's running it. Take it down. Cause it's, it's frustrating when you are like. We are U Sport fans. And I want to follow. And I want to follow. Exactly. And when you, and now it's just, it's even more glaring when you compare it to what we see with something like the March Madness WBB account that we've talked about a couple podcasts ago. So this is my challenge to whoever is at U Sports. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, you, I, and I told you this the other day, I went on a rabbit hole of just looking up tickets Mm -hmm. because in my, you know, we're everywhere. Yep. We're going everywhere this year, baby. <laughs> That's the dream. So I was looking up what March Madness tickets cost. Because mm-hmm. I was like, Minneapolis, quick hop, skip, and a jump over the border. Maybe we could skedaddle down. Um, a thousand bucks. She'll put you back a thousand bucks for some pretty average 
tickets. Like yeah. you're not even in the like obviously every seat is amazing to be in in the championship game for March Madness. Like yeah. let's get real. It's gonna be huge. Yeah. But a thousand bones to get in the building. And so I went from like, okay, that's some coin to like, damn right it costs a thousand bucks. Let's go, ladies. Bring in the money. The pros and cons is our wallet hates it. Yeah. But it's so good to see. It's so good. It's funny that you did that because uh, what I did was looked up flights to Pittsburgh when I saw the rivalry rematch of, oh, you know, yeah. Pittsburgh Penguins and the PWHPA are putting on this rivalry rematch between Canada and the USA. And I thought, like, oh, ads, let's just for a weekend, like, yeah, way we go. Hundred percent. Yeah, we got, we're going to be uh, world travelers by the end and of this broke. because and broke. Yeah. <laughs> All worth it though. <laughs> All worth it. Yeah. So true because there's so there's so many amazing uh tournaments, things going on. And one of them I am well, we talked about the Solheim Cup before. Yeah. Like we will be at the Solheim <laughs> Cup in our lives. But um even the world championship for women's uh softball. Oh, I I mean oh, honestly, if I could me. just Oklahoma, give me a break. All I think there the was barbecue. like 80,000 fans at one of the games last year. Like it's. Oh, wow. It's nuts. It's insane. Mm. Okay, I'm in. Yeah, let's go. Let's like go. it's also, I'm not hard to convince. Yeah. Like I'll, if you ask me to go mini golfing, I'm also in. <laughs> yeah. So let's just do it all. We'll do it all. We'll go mini golfing in Oklahoma before oh, we go. Oh, but that's super good. Yeah. No, it's awesome. And another thing um, we definitely have to ta- uh, talk about is the Paralympics. Yes. You know, that is, the Paralympics have begun, yeah. started, you know. I was pretty pumped to see the Lulu packages come out just one more time. It's never going to get it, old. No. It's ne- and, and to see opening opening ceremonies again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just love to see it. the excitement of athletes. Like, I I enjoy it. I do think it's undercovered, I'll be quite honest. Actually, mm-hmm. CBC does a fairly decent job. Um, but, yeah, I spent my morning watching some curling, which is fascinating to me. Yeah. The amount of different techniques that they have um, from their chair, whether that be, you know, lining up a portion of their chair with the skips broom. There's obviously no sweeping. Right. And they've got different ends to their sticks. You know, some you actually have to give this rotation of the rock. The other you start the rock in a kind of rotating position. Right. It's awesome. And they're doing great. Super good. They're doing unreal. Super, super good. Yeah. One of the guys on the curling team is from Crystal City, Manitoba. Come on. Yeah. The beautiful city of yeah. Crystal Lost City. Lost his leg in a, in a farming accident, which hits home for me. That's where I spend my work days is in the ag industry. Wow. Um, Do you know him? I don't or know you just him. Know I just know story? who he, Yeah. just know who he is. Very cool. So we are already six medals deep. Canada showed yes, up. Canada yeah. showed up to compete. So in alpine skiing. And it's kind of in the same realm of times. Like it's still that weird time in the middle of the night. Yep. So you got to get up and, you know, watch it. I watched snowboarding this morning in that kind of second half that they cover it. And man, is that unbelievable to watch. It's so cool. It is. As, well, you know, I, you think about it. It really, it is a humbling experience to watch because... I think about it, I met, you know, not that long ago watching um, the Olympics and thinking to myself, oh my God, there's no, there's no way I could do that. Yeah. And, and then the adaptability of these people to like absolutely crush and, and would 
they're they're just they're elite athletes it's amazing to watch and again i say it i wish we got to see it more than every four years <laughs> yeah that is it's, very it's true so incredibly impressive and our women's biathlon competitor was the only person to hit 10 out of 10 targets Oh, I love that. Oh, I was like, get it. I was <laughs> so jacked. Because how like how hard that competition is in oh, itself is incredible. To, and then wrong. to walk away to, and, and be able to sit back and be like, I'm the only one that hit 10 out of 10. Like, that's an incredible feat. Yeah, that's yeah. an incredible feat. So, yeah, it's it's the same watching times where it's kind of, you know, at night, 11 to 2, and then again in the morning. So yeah. make sure you're keeping your eye out for that because our our athletes, well, Canadian athletes, showed up to compete. It is awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then another huge event, like literally back-to-back, we had Noxie on last week from the PWHPA. Yep. World Traveler, man. She's in Washington right now, yeah. and holy... Man, did that look like an incredible event. I love watching them on Instagram. I just live vicariously through them because their life looks so much freaking better than mine. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see when they were riding scooters around Washington, D.C.? Just scoot, scoot. You know, wearing their, took the the cages off their buckets and were on their scooters and then looked like they stopped into a bar. And I thought like, this this should be my life, but I'm not good enough at hockey for that. (laughs) <laughs> we're just gonna have to do a broadcast everywhere we go I know. we'll just broadcast I our way around with scooters like i'll like carry sticks at this point yeah i'll do care. what it takes yeah we could get wireless mics and scoot around and do an on the on road the on the road but they like that tournament like start to finish they've got washington tickets they are mm-hmm. doing clinics with young female yeah. well players, young which old elite not elite they, they invest a lot of time while they're there and we talk a lot about how that for us is so important mm-hmm. like just the conversation with younger athletes about what's happening and what you're doing there and all these different components that go into it i think it's brilliant mm-hmm. you know um, Washington Capitals clearly gave them a tour of the the yeah. whole shablam downstairs. They got <laughs> yeah. tickets. They got everything. But my favorite part, yeah, my favorite part of the whole thing was the Washington spirit going and showing up Agreed. and supporting and getting them all scarves. Yeah, bringing the trophy. Yeah, I loved it. I was through the roof. Over yeah, that. same. I was watching the. They were on the broadcast in the the first first game on. Was that Friday? Is it Sunday? Yeah, it was Friday. The Toronto and um, Boston game, Sonnet versus Bauer game. Mm -hmm. They were there. And Kelly O'Hara got onto the broadcast with whatever the lady's name was that was doing the color. And I loved the message that she gave. I want, I go to Caps games all the time. I hope that there's a professional team in Washington, D.C. So when I'm on my off time that I can come watch this all the time. Right. Right. And we've said it, right? Use use every opportunity you have to it was women supporting women. I loved to see that. Yeah. I thought like kudos to you, girl. And and that's where that connection starts to build, like we see a lot in men's sports. Mm-hmm. Like with, you know, you see a lot of um golf guys go and watch NHL games and they know each other Mm -hmm. and their buddies and stuff like that. There is no reason why 
they shouldn't have that same type of camaraderie behind the scenes. Like, yeah, no, oh, we're sure. we're pro hockey players. You're pro soccer players. Like, let's do this together. Like, yeah. I th- I thought it was brilliant bringing the NWSL trophy. It just exposes what they were able to accomplish this year to the entire hockey mm-hmm. market yeah. because all of us are watching that, right? For sure. And I was like, I just loved it. And it was, they're taking pictures together. Yeah. Like, um, I just thought that that was absolutely brilliant. And and kudos to them for showing up. They didn't have to. And they showed up with swag for them yeah. and said, hey, we're and, in this. And with the purpose. And, and, and the purpose. thoroughly enjoyed themselves. Yeah. <laughs> had a good time uh, i i also love love that too and it, it tends to be that um naturally when you are an athlete you've done you've dabbled in all sorts of stuff right as you've found your path and so they're actually super educated on hockey which i loved yeah. right it was yeah. like yeah if i wasn't playing soccer i would love to play hockey yeah cool right yeah i, I can't wait for the day like you say where it's established and we have that common chat all the time. Yeah. Yeah, like it's nothing new, but we do have we do have a lot going on in the women's hockey world. Mm-hmm. As an, a blanket umbrella statement mm-hmm. because as it's not a secret, you know that there's the PWHPA mm-hmm. and then there's the PHF, right? Correct, so yeah. uh, a statement came out Two, two huge statements came out from both leagues, right? Yeah. One came out from on March 2nd, Sportnet, Sportsnet for the PWHPA mm-hmm. that says that there is in works a women's pro league closer than ever. And it has to be said within the next two years. Mm-hmm. So I did a little digging. Jaina Hefford, um, the president of the PWHPA, did not comment. Um, and they also not. would not give a definitive timeline but sportsnet did cover that there has been talks closer than ever yeah about there being an established league within the next two years it and then yeah and then i'll just set the stage here before we actually get into it because then we flip over to the phf mm-hmm which is which is a league, you know, the PWHPA is showcase based, the PHF is league or league based, and then they get new ownership in the Toronto Six, which is the team that's top of the standings right now. Mm-hmm. Um, have a tremendous following, mm-hmm. have really big names behind it, but they talk about new ownership. Yep. In in some pretty big names. Huge names, people staying within the sport in Ted Nolan um anthony stewart yeah, anthony stewart angela james Bernice uh, carnegie yeah and there were you know jeff merrick had mentioned in the hockey night in canada for any of those of you who watched that last night that um there's more names he thinks they just yeah. don't know who they are yet there are there are some of the names i haven't been able to confirm or pin down those other ones look for an announcement in the next couple of days said merrick so this is big. This it, is, yeah. and we talked about we wish there was like a documentary that's being mm-hmm. filmed behind yeah. the scenes right now to actually see what's going on because at the end of the day, like, let's just get it done. Let's yeah. just get a league going. Let's yeah. figure it out. But it is interesting to me how they're both gas on the pedal, full <laughs> throttle. 
on both yeah, sides and down. nobody's backing down even for Mm-mm. a second yeah it does leave a lot of questions as a sports fan it certainly does like because there is neither one nor the other that i hope is any more successful than the other one right i want personally my my desire is for eventually one single viable long-term sustainable league if in the interim of that there are two viable options cool the fact that we have dedicated women fighting for this in two very different ways i don't think that we can ever say like there's more noise about hockey right now than there's ever been agreed very agreed and you're right if this is if this is the steps that it needs to take to get the one league, then we just have to go through the steps. We mm-hmm. just have to do it. But man, does it leave a lot of questions questions <laughs> as to what is going on behind the scenes of yeah. this whole thing? Because you got NHL guys essentially investing in the PHF, but on this side, it looks like you've got the NHL organizations partnering in, with partnering the with the PWHPA. So yeah. it's like, ooh. Whoa, there's a lot. There's so much to unpack there. There is a lot. That uh, if if you are into this stuff and you like breaking down this type of, you know, topic and conversation and seeing where I highly invest you put your time into learning more about the PHF and what they are doing and the PWHPA and what they are doing. Because the more you learn about the two missions of this, these leagues, it's it's pretty impressive. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're bo- they're all hockey fans. Everybody's yeah. hockey fans wanting the same thing. They're well, just taking two routes, two different routes to try to achieve it. Yeah, and the unfortunate part is that uh what's happening to and we've talked about this last episode, keyboard warriors need to go away. If you don't actually know, don't talk about it. Oh yeah. <laughs> um yeah. I know, it sounds kind of blunt, but it's uh, true. But what's happening too that we're seeing is that people are are trying to pin the PHF against the PWHPA in ways. Right. And I, I don't know everyone on the ice on either in either of these, you know, association or league. But I've gotta believe in what you and I our gut feel is as ex hockey players, as talking to the likes of Noxie and knowing lots of people who still exist in these places. That there is no, there, no. they all know, no. they yeah. are very aware. It's not, there is no internal battle. No. They're just trying to achieve what their goal is. I agree. And they're in their own lane. Yeah. We have to, and we, I can't remember what episode it was that we talked about it. Like the whole, there can like women versus women and pinning each other against like, I think it was, who are we talking about? Cambage and Hammond, mm, right? Yeah. How it was through media was perceived that they were just battle of the Titans yeah. out where it wasn't that. No, it was just two women saying what they wanted to say and, and having that conversation, but media spun it into Ugh. this whole thing. So I think you're bang on in the fact of like media will spin things these incredible athletes want all want the same thing. Yes. That's that's the bare minimum of the yeah. whole thing. And speaking of that. Yeah, I just threw it up on the TV. We just threw, for those of you listening, we just threw the championship game of the PWHPA showcase that's happening right now in Washington, which is between two Canadian teams, the Team Sonnet out of Toronto and Team Scotiabank based out of Calgary. We just threw it up on the screen. 
to see uh, who wins. The consolation game adds we should look it up. Last I saw, I watched through two periods. It was 1-1. One, one. We should look it up. We started they, recording in the middle of it. Yeah, they, uh, they started um, like 40 seconds into the game. Team Adidas got on the board, and then Bauer got answered back a few minutes later, and then it was deadlocked at once for a long time. We gotta, we gotta find out. I like their jerseys. Like yeah, they look, look super clean. Yeah, look, they look great. So we'll get everybody up to date on that as well. But uh, <laughs> I got another one for you here. Just okay. something that you know. There's WNBA, like talking about Liz Cambage and talking about Becky Hammond, mm-hmm. and you know, what comes to your mind? <laughs> what what comes to that cowie brain of yours over there when you hear? Liberty and Aces organizations ownership being fined for chartering flights. Yeah. I I almost don't have words because it is everything that makes my blood boil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quite honestly, it is. Yeah. You are and we talked about it last episode. Liz Cambage is saying I am supposed to be playing in the best league in the world and I do not feel like I'm treated as such. In what world is a CBA that defines this, uh, your ownership, going above and beyond to charter you flights because you are star athletes and you are doing your job and any men's team at the equivalent of where you are would be taking a chartered flight, but because it goes against your CBA, you're being fined. The message that that sends to any fan of the WNBA, any little girl watching, is that there's a double freaking standard. I'm sorry, but right now there still very much is. Yeah, it's it's as it's getting to the point where it's as blunt as that. Yeah, because there's no other way of saying it. Because <laughs> now like, look at what you're saying to the Liberty players that have just grinded. They work their Tails off. Tails off to get where they were last year. Mm-hmm. Walt was working. Sure Walt was, was working last sure year. Was, yeah. You know, and the Aces, they have they have the means to make their team and their players feel like they should. Yeah. And the argument is, well, it's unfair. Other teams can't. Well, let's work our asses off to make it so that they can. Let's let's change our perspective to this is the rules to how do we make it so our rules match that? Because yeah. that is where we want to be. That is what we need. We should not have players that need to upgrade their tickets because they can't fit in coach. They're so yeah. you're coaching a sport with, you know, six foot two is short. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then I thought about it. When she said that, when she's like, yeah, when Liz Cambage's story said, you know, I have to upgrade my ticket because I can't, I have to do that for my life. I can't fit back there. Then I thought of all the women trying to fit on a coach flight. Oh, yeah. How ridiculous. (laughs) All the aisle legs. (laughs) That's what I'm picturing. Uh, 100%. All the aisle legs because they're in economy and they literally can't. Yeah, they're all ducking to get into the plane. It was it was very eye opening to me, and like you were talking about with your with the messaging, what because that's the that's the headline. Mm-hmm. So what does that say to a seven year old girl with her dream being in the WNBA? I, I just think it's like, too oh. 
much for my brain. I can't stand it because like, it's a joke. It's a complete joke. They should. And then, so I <laughs> yeah. went on like a tear, like I normally do when things like this come out. Yeah, spiral and then phone spiral. U18 USA boys. Yeah. Chartered flights. Yeah. U18. So and they're that's... not even, they're not even allowed to vote and they get chartered flights. Yeah. And like that's the whole part. It doesn't matter. We, we see that in our own communities that mm-hmm. the boys showcases are held at the nice fourplex rink and the girls have to drive 30 minutes out of town. It doesn't matter if we're talking about 10, 12, 13 year olds through U18 boys nationals versus w- WNBA. It's just the inequality is stretches from unfortunately the little, very little. first time you enter a sport until the time you retire right now. And we have the very unique perspective of seeing that firsthand yeah. because I've literally been in meetings where the boys will hand in their used pant shells and, and they they'll give the it to the girls. I know. I and, know. And if anybody listening to this show thinks that that is not real, I I would love for you to call One, into the two, show oh, for <laughs> Because it is, it is very, it is very real. I've seen it happen and it happens across the board. So this just shows it's at every level and I hope they charter every flight next year, not just the playoffs. I hope they charter every single flight. Think, think of, I just want to challenge people to think about this. If there is a guys and a girls, anything on TV, what time do you watch the girls? 2 PM. What time do you watch the boys? Seven. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It doesn't matter where it, 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 it's been that way. And that's exactly why we see in the NWSL, the WNBA, the PHF, the PWHPA, people like you and I sitting down and saying it's time for it to change. Right. That is gross. Yeah. So even, even golf this weekend. I had to watch it. Starting time on the golf network was 1130 PM. Yeah, I'm like, you, I have to take my nap at 4 PM today. Cause yeah. I got to stay up. You can watch 14 <laughs> hours of the men's golf before you get the one hour window of women's. Yeah. The replay of two years ago, men's, but <sighs> we could go clearly go on for days about this, but that, that is, we've talked about it before, but that just sparks a uh, huge like the CBA the is on under Twitter. oh they went nuts <laughs> they went nuts we want equality unless it means actually supporting women yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly like, right honestly um, so I would assume that they're you know the CBA is going to be under attack coming I, up here yeah. pretty quick to be like mm, yeah there's enough. rules and then there's rules that make absolutely no freaking sense yeah that's one of them that's that's crazy and then like with golf, staying up, it was incredible um, to watch this weekend. But we're going to be bringing on right now a mm-hmm. a golf coach. Which you and I both need. We need a golf coach. <laughs> Bad. Uh, so Brienne is going to be joining us now. And we are going to be talking about everything LPGA, um, the, her experiences and where she coached, where she played. Uh, we're pretty excited for this interview. We're super grateful that Brianne jumped on, especially with the LPGA jumping back on with the HSBC classic classic women's world championship. <laughs> I just think it sounds good. So I just changed the name. Um, the heritage that, classic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sonnet scores. So we were, we will be bringing on Brianne, uh, right now for an interview. Yes. Hope you enjoy. 
We are excited to welcome to the Beauty Sports Desk, Brianne Tokaruski. This is a resume, let me tell you. Brianne competed in provincial, national, and international golf tournaments for 11 years, three-time Manitoba Provincial Amateur Champion, four-time Manitoba Match Play Champion, was a part of the provincial team for 10 years. <laughs> Brianne also graduated the University of Cumberland's in Kentucky on a golf scholarship, was named Mid-South Conference Player of the Year in her senior year, and helped her team finish top five three years in a row. She is currently Manitoba's Provincial Junior uh, junior Team's coach and just won the Mo Norman Apprentice Professional of the Year Award. Holy man, Brianne. You know your stuff about golf. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing excellent. How about you too? Super good. Addie needs to have a rest after that mouthful. That is a very <laughs> impressive you know resume. What, you know what I picture when Brianne shows up with her resume? You know those old, it was before all of our times, those papers at the print machine at school that were attached with like the ribbon on the side and she just drops she it? Drops it. <laughs> <laughs> Goes all the way to the floor? All the way to the bottom. Wow, <laughs> is that... Uh, well, congratulations on your award, Brianne. That's a, that's a pretty amazing feat. Thank you. It's uh, It's been many years in the making, and it was really cool to be able to be named Mo Norman Apprentice Professional of the Year this, uh, this past summer. Yeah, unbelievable. And so with us getting right back into the LPGA this weekend with the HSBC Women's World Championship, were you surprised Jin Young Ko came out on top? I am and I'm not. Like, she's recorded so many rounds in the 60s over the past couple of weeks that I was kind of expecting her to keep carding those amazing scores. Um, personally, being a Brooke fan, I was kind of hoping she would pull it out. <laughs> we but, <were> too. <laughs> <laughs> but to have Jin Young Ko go out there and show what uh, young athletes can do, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, because when you think about what she's been able to accomplish, like 15 rounds under six in the 60s 30 rounds below par and six out of the last 10 majors like that's that's unheard of almost isn't it correct that's a record that i think will be incredibly hard to compete with yeah oh yeah and like so when we talk about you know you're you're a brooke henderson fan i think all of us canadians <laughs> are have to be right? have to be yeah. we got a supporter right but like players like brooke henderson and danielle kang have ended up in the top 10 in the last three tournaments like what is it about them specifically that makes them so dominant week after week i think a lot of it has to do with the support system that's around them but all of them are also multi-sport athletes that have grown up in high level sports um like brooke especially with her hockey growing up um has kind of given that mental edge that is so important in golf because let's face it most of the women on there they typically hit it around the same but it's really that mental and that short game edge that nudges people to the top a lot quicker than say some other people who only grew up playing one sport Right. And when you're, when you talk about that, it's interesting because everyone's always talking about, you know, how hard can they hit it off the tee? Like how, how many yards can they get it off the tee? And really when it comes down to it, it's the, it's kind of your approach shots and, and the short game, is it not? 
In my opinion, there's three things that you really got to look at. It's can you set up a hole correctly off the tee? So it's not necessarily how far you can hit it, which distance definitely helps with what club you're going to come in with. But can you keep it in play and put it into a spot that you can get it close to the hole and make that birdie when you need it to? Yeah, that's uh, that said like a coach right there. I was going to say. You instantly sound like a pro, oh, yeah. sound like a coach. I think, like, what's that saying, Brie? Drive for show, putt for dough. Exactly. And I'm like that. I my putt game, my putting game is awful. It's quite embarrassing, honestly. <laughs> oh. But when you hear her talk so eloquently about it, right, you're thinking about setting yourself up to putt, and I'm thinking about not shanking it in the bush. Yeah. And that's one of the other big things, like working with a lot of amateur golfers, is really their mental side of instead of playing to not lose you've got to play to win so it's the same as like a giant chess game where you always have to set yourself up to execute the next shot and have an easy approach shot in versus oh shoot i put it into the trees now i have to punch out now i'm short of the green now i gotta chip up and try and say double bogey and so when you're talking about like, like we were chatting before just on, you know, the course upgrades within the LPGA and, you know, the financial commitments that have really happened in the LPGA, when you're talking about course strategy, is that kind of what you're talking about when it comes to, you're, you're not playing to just hammer the ball all the time. You're playing to work the course for what it's giving you, right? Exactly. Where, as I said, like, Players like DeChambeau have really showed that distance can definitely help and be a motivating factor. But if you're not gaining distance the correct way, there's so many other ways to play this sport. And that's the best part about golf is there's not one way to do it. It's what's unique to your strengths and also making sure that you play to your strengths. So if you're really good from 100 yards in, get yourself to that 100-yard marker by bombing it off the tee. Or if you look at some of the shorter players on the LPGA Tour, they may be really proficient with a three-wood, five-wood, or even a hybrid. Right. And that's where it's it's such an interesting conversation because before you were talking the mental game of sport, of golf, because really it's you versus the course. You're out there yeah. with other people, but it's you versus the course and how you set up your clubs, how you set up your shots for yourself. Correct. And so when you're working with athletes, like how much does that kind of come into play when you're, you know, cause you're obviously teaching swing techniques, um, tempo, all those different things. Like, have you, do you kind of break it out like a coach as in like two different segments or do you kind of work them together? Um, it's a, it really depends on who I'm working with, but with more of my top athletes, I kind of separate is a teaching moment and what is a coaching moment where teaching is more technique based. So where do your hands have to be at the top of the swing? What does your transition look like versus coaching? It's how do you get the ball around the course and essentially into the hole? So it's no different than looking at like people like Jim Furyk, um, two glove Tom Ganey who have unconventional swings, but they know how to get it around the, around the course. So it's making sure that athletes play within themselves and play to their strengths instead of trying to play somebody else's game yeah Brie, i think you're obviously have an incredible amount of knowledge and understanding and and experience in this game it's evident you talk about it 
um, in, a, in a way that everyone would understand that. But want to give you an opportunity. I think it's important for people who listen to us to understand, A, your personal journey a little bit, you know, where you came from, that progression of, I'm assuming, like Addie and I falling in love with a game when you're a young kid and then, you know, chasing that dream and where it took you. But shine a little light for our listeners, uh, you know, if they're young golfers today, what that kind of journey looks like from being a young kid through university and then and even beyond that. So my journey started off when I was about three, four years old. Um, I was, I still am very much a daddy's girl. So wherever my dad went, I had to go with him. So he, him and his brother used to golf every Saturday, Sunday. Um, Dad cut down an old five iron because back in the day, they didn't really have junior clubs available. Um, He would plop me in the middle of the fairway and him and his brother would play out the hole and there's a little breed just smacking it down trying to stay in the middle of the fairway and once I got to the green they would pick me up in the cart and away we go to the next hole Uh, so I really got to love the game because I got to play with my dad and with my family for sure Uh, and then at the age of eight dad started to take lessons from Derek Ingram over at Golf Central and I'm like, well, if dad's taking lessons, Bree has to take lessons. <laughs> so I ended up joining one of their groups there and completely fell in love with the sport and ended up going for lessons with Derek Ingram and Dave McMillan um, at Golf Central every Saturday. And once I hit the age of 14, I'm like, hmm, I think I'd like to like start to compete. Like I was a multi-sport athlete and I am beyond uber competitive so i'm like right on welcome to the club with you. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like let's uh, let's try this co- uh competitive thing so went into the provincial junior bantam championship and somehow it went 92 79 where like it was one of those where everything went right that round i think i chipped in four times wow. and i got bit by the competitive bug and at the age of 15, went to my first national championship and competed all the way through in the juniors and then in the women's as well. And when I had the opportunity to go away, I actually did my first year at the University of Manitoba, played for the Bisons team. And after that, I ended up down at UC, University of the Cumberlands, and a little... Uh, little town of Williamsburg, Kentucky. Yeah, right on. Very, much a, very much a sports school, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, had one of the most amazing times down there to the point where it kind of showed me how strong I could be as an athlete. Cause you don't really know. You don't really know how strong you are until you're like thrown into different situations. For sure. Uh, being an only child and like being super close with my parents, it was, I'm either going to sink or I'm going to swim. And I definitely decided I'm going to swim. So ended up competing for three years for there and had one of the greatest experiences and ended up graduating with a communication degree. When I came back home, I originally had a communication internship lined up and I started to play in some of our local events at Elmhurst where I was a member mm-hmm. and our then associate pro Ivan Coop, um, we were playing in a competition called the Ham and Eager, which was a two person mess ball. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of I love that. <laughs> 
on hole 18, I ended up uh, holding it from the middle of the fairway, and I'll never forget this. He turns to me and he goes, do you want a job here? <laughs> and without even thinking of it, I'm just like, yes, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So it was really like playing in that ham and anger that I'm like, yeah, I think I can do this. Like, let's have some fun with this. Yeah, for sure. And that summer, I ended up uh, working in the pro shop. And then two years later, joined the association or PGA of Canada. Yeah. And uh, now I've been teaching and coaching for just over four years and absolutely loving what I'm doing, especially being able to work with so many different people. And I work with people all the way from the age of three, just getting into the sport to some of the elite in the province. I work with Special Olympics and then all the way through to people who are enjoying the game of golf a little bit later in life. So my oldest student is actually 93. Oh, no so kidding. Get to work with people all the way through. Amazing. You should have a lesson with your three-year-old and your 93-year-old at the same time yeah. and see how cool that experience that would be. That was That's unbelievable. That is amazing. That and is one of the best parts about golf, though. It is. Right? Because you exactly. can, right? You can, you're not put, I'm sorry, you're not putting skates on at 93. Yeah. I mean, most, most aren't. I love that. That's incredible, Brie. And I think one thing, this is very random, I guess, but you have an insane memory. Like you talk about things that happened when you were 14. I shot a 92 and a 77 or whatever you said, like it was yesterday. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just like golf is on your mind all the time. Hey. Very much so. It's funny. I can tell you exactly what club I used from a specific distance when I was 14, but don't ask me what I had for dinner the day before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's I, right. yeah, I love that. It's clearly such a passion. That's super cool. That's when you know... That's when you know you're on a different level. Yep. In the same same way. I have. A, that's a, you know, say you got a career from a ham and egger tournament. That's a pretty good story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I was playing ham and egger and... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's awesome. Thanks for sharing. That's yeah, super good. That's very cool. Cause I think that it's important for people to hear that the progression story and the fact that a lot of people think you have to get into sport with the outcome of being a professional athlete. Like that's where you and I first connected is I, I was a skills coach for hockey and you're obviously a, a golf instructor and golf pro coach, man. It's crazy. But it's like that's there's so many different avenues that people can take when it comes to sport. And I mm -hmm. think we need to start having those conversations more because there's so many people that would love to spend their days on a golf course. You yeah, know? Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, and, and that's what I think is one of the coolest things that's happening or the shift in the industry right now where you're seeing a lot more younger people and a lot more families getting involved in the sport versus just the older generation who's retired who now has time for it. And it's really changing the golf industry right across the world, which I think is going in the right direction. Yeah, it's super positive. I, I would agree. And so one one thing, and because it's kind of intriguing to me, because I specifically would train female athletes when I was um, a hockey coach, what um, are there any key differences when you're coaching, um, you know, a, a male player to a female player when it comes to like the really nitty gritty specifics on clubs, swing, tempo? Like, is there? Do you find that there's any differences between the two? 
I definitely notice, especially during different developmental phases, um, junior girls especially can be almost hyper-flexible in certain areas versus boys who their muscle development is so much quicker. So that's why you tend to see them hit it a little bit further earlier on um, versus the girls where we have to really stabilize certain muscle groups in order for them not to overswing or overextend themselves. Um, but also a lot of it has to do with the social side where a lot of the guys will just get up there. Hey, I'm going to join your group. Let's go out and play versus on the female side. If they don't have that support of even like friends going out and playing a lot of times, women right across the board, no matter the age, they'll say, no, it's not for me. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Even though they may have the opportunity of actually enjoying something that they might like. And it's interesting because being, being in coach settings, it's, it's like that across the board in all sports. It's very interesting. And that's why I ask you that question is because you see so many times over and over again, that it's, it's the talent is there in both men and women. But it's the way that we approach the teaching of them that is needs to be so unique um, to each one of them because it's to get the most out well, of them. Inside in sport, inside sport and outside sport, right? Well, yeah, think, I, yeah. That's the that's the we've been talking that for fourteen episodes. Now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so that is it's very interesting to see that different approach because I think that if we if we handle those individual pieces of each of them, mm-hmm. it's just going to continuously grow the sport more and more and more, right? Yeah, well, and I think the value Brie, that you know we talk about this lots is I hope lots of people are are very grateful for all the efforts and time that you invest. But I think it's it's the stuff that you don't hear. I, we've both told our own sports stories of. You know, I had very few, but had a couple of really strong female leaders and coaches in my life that in the moment I don't didn't recognize as a young athlete. But as a 34 year old, Alicia, I sure as hell do. And so I think that's part of it, too, is I'm super happy to see that we have strong females like yourself in this province that are doing fantastic things to continue to grow the sports and sport and grow the athletes. So great job for that. Thank you. And that's, you literally hit what my biggest mission statement is in life. It's to show young girls that whatever they put their minds to, they can go ahead and do it. Like the the unfortunate thing with the PGA, um, right across the board, not just in Canada, but PGA of America, of the world, um, we don't have enough female golf professionals where we can show these young girls that this is a sport that they can easily excel in and have some fun with. So my big thing is showing them no matter what they put their minds to, they will be able to, they will be able to complete. Absolutely. Absolutely. And while we're kind of on this topic, I was telling Cowie, I wanted to really get into this with you because I knew you'd be able to articulate this very nicely. I heard on the weekend, somebody reference the ladies tea. And that, oh. if there's nothing that boils me up, it's something that somebody says about the ladies' tea. So can we just debunk that on the beauty sports desk from now until forever that there is no more ladies' tea? There is no ladies' tea. They are the forward tea. <laughs> yes. um, something that we've worked on 
very hard at Elmhurst and what we're working on right across the province is changing the perspective that the forward fees are only for women. They are not. They are for the higher handicappers. They are for those that only get the ball in between 150 and 180 off the tee. And in my opinion, you should be playing the tee box that is going to make the game the most fun, but also keep it challenging enough to keep you in it, but not too challenging to the point where you want to give up the sport. Like, sorry. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, this is where it is. Brianne, throwing it down. Um, I hear it way too many times, especially working with, like, young juniors, where the parents will turn around and say, oh, you don't want to play there. There's That's the women's tee box. No, that's actually the right tee box that they should be playing, especially for their developmental level. And there's a lot of guys who they'll go back and play the tips and it's like, oh, honey, you can only hit it 200 yards. This is not going to be a fun round of golf for you. Right. And it's just amazing to me how that has just become a thing, because even in like, you know, sponsorship golf tournaments that I go where no one is taking it serious and no one there is still the perception of, you know, don't worry, ladies, I'll drive you to the ladies tee after I'm done back here. And I'm just like, we some of the best women golfers I've ever played with were at that tournament, and they almost weren't allowed to tee off anywhere else. So I just want to debunk that. I, I knew that you would put it so elegant, elegant. And like, <laughs> I just, it drives me bananas. Very much so. There's the thing that I love is there's a bit of a shift going on in the States, which means we'll see that shift here in Canada in about three, four years where they're actually changing their their systems in terms of tee boxes, where they're going to things like the long leaf system where it's all based off of how far can you carry your tee shot will depend on which team ground you play from. And there's like eight or 10 different options. And what it does is it makes the game a lot more fun. Hmm. Wow. Addie and I are eyebrow raising right now. Yeah, that's Golf amazing. Golf just got way more technical than we know how to go. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love how you recognize that we'll get it. We'll get it in, in three, three to four, four years. Because uh. that is definitely how the world of sports works. But uh, yeah, no, I needed I needed to get that off my chest. So thank <laughs> you for that. Um, I know that's one of my biggest pet peeves as well. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. For well, sure. Hey, Brie, it really sounds like more people need to know how to find Brie. Addie and I will be finding you this summer and spending some time with you because mm-hmm. I think we could really use a tune-up. But um, first and foremost, thank you very much for joining us both here and, and sharing your knowledge. Like we said off the top, but we will definitely have you back for a longer discussion soon. But for anyone listening... Young or old, male or female, doesn't matter. If they want to learn from one of this province's best, how do they find you, Brie? Uh, best way to find me is actually via email. So it's Brie, B-R-I, at elmhurstcc.ca. Amazing. We will make sure to shove that into the notes of the show for everyone to be able to find as well. Awesome. I look forward to talking to lots of people. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Brie. It was an absolute pleasure. And once again, congrats on your amazing award. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you both for having me on the show. It was absolutely awesome. You bet. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Brianne is some kind of unreal, isn't she? 
Well, I haven't seen her golf through the mic, obviously, but she sounds unreal. Seems Holy. like a great person and someone, like I mentioned before, we need golf lessons from. Yeah, she is incredibly knowledgeable. And with everything that happened this past weekend with the HSBC Women's World Championship, that just shows the level of talent that somebody like Jin Young Ko could like be in the top 10. Yeah. And then like gets into like this sense of like, no, I'm winning this. And uh, just it was dominate. incredible to watch. Yeah. I told you it was late. Like it was very late at night yeah. on the TV. Yeah. And I was doing the like one eye open as I lied there and get through the front nine. She birdied eight and nine. So it kind of piqued my interest. Yeah. And then she bar parred ten and eleven bogeyed 13 so then i thought okay she's yeah we're probably i could probably go to bed now mm -hmm. and then birdie 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 she birdied <laughs> five of the last six holes of the tournament to come uh, here's the part that really heart broke my heart kind of was in the sense that um how do you say her name jian june lee six yeah lee six yeah. was leading for a long time yeah. and then just had an absolute collapse on the final hole but then when you saw the trophy presentation for Jin Young Ko and it was broke a rec LPGA record 15 consecutive rounds below 60 in the 60s 30 consecutive rounds below par she's won six of the last 10 majors She's ranked number one in the world. Of course she came back and yeah. won. Like, what was I thinking? We're all, like, surprised, and then it's like, you're right. Yeah, like, of course what, she did. What a resume. Oh. What uh She made it look easy, too, which was... Yeah, that is six out of the last ten mm -hmm. majors. And when you think about who she's competing against in those majors, like... Yeah. Yeah, you know, Olympic gold medalist Nellie yeah. Korda. You got Danielle Kang, who's been on an absolute tear. tear start the season, for sure. Top 10 yeah. in, in all three tournaments, top yeah. 10. So Brooke Henderson and, played well. Yeah, Brooke. Man, her swing is something wild. She is just a powerhouse. I just, like, every time I watch them, I think about how bad I am at golf. <laughs> <laughs> they make it look effortless. Yeah. It's truly effortless for them. Yeah. And yeah, they're incredible. They're yeah. incredible. In in so many ways, like I was saying, um, I love LPGA's Instagram when they do the slowdown of their tees <laughs> yeah. because... Yeah, crushing balls. And it just is flawless. And then they look over at their caddy and you can see them like give the tilt like, yeah, no, we're good. You know, like it's just, it's the, they, they do it with such ease and they're effortless and... Um, so the purse for that one was 1.7 million. And so it was great to hear from Brianne talk about, you know, the increase of what's coming in the LPGA financially, the mm -hmm. financial commitment that's coming as well as yep. them upgrading the courses that the women are playing at. Um, LPGA is, is definitely, um, I would say becoming, I would say LPGA and tennis are the two most equally viewed sports f between i would yeah. agree i would agree with you i still i still it's still mind-boggling to me how again we just said that 14 i could watch 14 hours of pga golf but i could only watch one hour of lpga 
Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Takes me off a little bit that way, but I agree. You know, WTA does a really good job. LPGA does a really good job. And I really, one thing I really do enjoy about golf fans, like my dad is an avid golfer, watches a lot of golf. One thing there is a lot of men support the women's game when it comes to Mm -hmm. PGA, LPGA. Yeah. It's kind of like the WNBA, NBA thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's it's pretty like I would say very comparable in tennis as well. Like yeah, there's just support across the board, yeah. and that's that's and you see that a lot in the WNBA now too. That's what I mean. So yeah. you know it's it's great. Did you say that? And I've repeated it again. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Fine. I, I do that at least once an episode. <laughs> yeah. At least once an episode, I listen to what you say and then I just repeat it. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> I, we, I don't call you out about it until Tuesday when and, it's yeah. released and I listen back. You know? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, nice. Yeah. Thanks. I did say that. And yeah. then you reset that. <laughs> I can't remember the last one I repeated, but it was word for word. <laughs> you text me and then you're like, oh, and softball. And I was oh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and softball. That's right. With AU. <laughs> Just repeating. Yeah. Just love what you're saying so much. Um, but the one thing, too, for talking about. Um, like viewership and you know seeing a lot of is like we were talking before too about the nwsl challenge cup yeah like with the additions of angel city and san diego that they've had to change their whole format they've Mm -hmm. had to do a lot of things there so i would well they are all going to be on twitch and paramount plus yeah and that's i I knew it was a long event, but when you actually sit down and have to cover the whole thing, you're like, this is a, the challenge cup is a big event. Well, three months. And I do, I do like the, like the parallels too, right? Because we kind of see this in the WNBA. This is kind of the NWSL's version. Right. Very true. Of that. So with the addition of the two organizations coming in, they'll now be an east, a central, and a west region. Right. So they'll be splitting it into three instead of two. Yeah. Um, each each team will have six-game double round robins, both home and away. Uh, and then it'll end up being the conclusion where the tournament will proceed to a knockout round, and the stage will be consisting of three elimination matches, two semifinals and one final. So CBS will be covering this. CBS Sports Network will be covering it. And all of them will be on Paramount Plus and Twitch. And that is going to be a lot of soccer. Yes, it will be. A lot of soccer. <clears throat> not hating it. Loving I, it. I was just thinking about, um, before we wrap up here, adding to our wish list of things or places we want to go. We've been sharing with each other on, on social media the sports bra Oh, in Portland, yes. Oregon. It's on my list, man. We're it going. Is a, it is a sports bar. We are going. That all of the TVs will have women's sports on it. And I just think, what a absolutely genius idea. I've never been to Portland, but I'm on my way. Yeah. We... <laughs> Whenever I see that next IG post that says open, um, that's where we should go. I'm, uh, I actually had so many people send that to me and they're like, this is unbelievable. (laughs) I agree. I say we do an episode in the sports bra. I a hundred percent agree. We'll haul our (laughs) shit down there. And, uh, sorry, the name is blanket. Jenny, I think was her name. Was it Jenny? Look that up before we let everyone go here. Um, 
she was a chef. It looks like a, an incredible business model. She's been collecting all sorts of women's sports uh, memorabilia for the walls. And I loved when she said, like, I want everyone to walk in here and just think it's any other sports bar, which it is. Yep. But just so happened to notice that all of the TVs are playing women's sports. Right. I am, I am going to come for exactly that. Because it is painful to try and watch women's sports here, specifically for us in Canada, because a lot of it's U.S. broadcasting. So, yeah, we will pack up mics. We'll pack up this trusty old roadcaster. We'll get her on the and road. And we'll get on the road. In and the, we should record a, a podcast from the sports bra. In the, in the interview or in the article here, it says it started as a joke with Jenny. So it is. It is a Jenny. Portland area chef yeah. who is often trying to find a space to watch women's sports with her friends. Yep. And was continuously Same. frustrated. So it's it's interesting how things kind of evolve because it's you feel kind of like well we w do feel connected to the story because that's how beauty's got started. Uh, exactly. It's a hundred percent. We just how can't cook and don't started. have a bar, so we just need to go there and <laughs> smash it all together. We can just bullshit for an hour every week, and she can make beautiful things taste good. Yeah, she looks like an absolute right? beauty. I know. Absolute so beauty. Jenny, we're coming for you, girl. And good job. Yeah. Great job, because you got a lot of support behind you. I love that. I absolutely love it. So yeah. what a positive thing to end on. What a great thing to end on, because the sports bra is an incredible place that we will. It's on the list. We will be going to. You bet. So, um, Cowie, what a week. Yeah, super fun week, Ads, I think. I don't know. You know, it just seems like we're having fun every time we do it. And... The one thing I did want to say before uh, Cowie's infamous final words mm -hmm. is it's cool that every time that you and I step out of our homes, somebody is telling us about, you know, different ways beauties can go and different ideas and they think it's great and stuff like that. So I just want to say thank you to everybody. Um, it's greatly appreciated and we love feeling the love because we hope you feel our love back at you. So thank you very much. And Cowie, final words. You hit the nail on the head, buddy. It is such a wonderful feeling when we hear feedback from everybody. So continue to keep that coming either through finding us on Instagram or TikTok at Beauty Sports Talk on uh, Twitter at underscore Beauty Sports. We do have a voicemail that you can call us and we can hear from you that way, which is speakpipe.com slash beauty sports. Again, thank you for all the love, and thank you, buddy. Thank you, and we will see everybody next week. Before we end today's show, we do want to take the time to recognize and send our love, support, thoughts, and prayers to the family, friends, countless teammates um, of Katie Meyer. Katie was a goaltender, goalkeeper at Stanford, and was just about to graduate and is leaving a big hole within the entire sports community. So our thoughts and prayers to Katie Myers family. In our show notes, you will find hotlines to support in any way, shape or form that you need. Uh, sports is a place to reach out, find comfort in other people and just make sure that you know that you are not alone.